You're about to listen to youth produce content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Music is like reading a book. For me, I've always loved Midwest emo. From Frito Disco to the Front Bottoms, with the style of singing or rather talk singing that these artists possess, it feels like you're connecting with them on a deeper level. Like you're actually talking with the artist. And when you turn on the song, you're seeing the world through their eyes. Oftentimes, in a semi-virtual world, we're missing that connection. Midwest Emo gives me that connection. I'm sure your favorite artists do that with you as well. Hello and welcome. Today I have Eves, my oldest sibling, local goth and artist. So like, what was kind of the process of you getting into the music scene? Um, I mean, I have been like seeing live music since I was really, really young, but I feel like I didn't start actually like going and seeing bands that weren't just like touring musicians that were coming to the Twin Cities until I was like 14 or 15. I distinctly remember one of the very first shows I ever attended, um, like by myself was uh, Kill Us Online opening for the band Horror. Both really, really good bands. Horror is not local, but they're really awesome. But like Kill Us Online was like the very first actually like Minneapolis based band that I saw live. And they were just so awesome that I immediately was like, oh my God, I need to see shows every single week for the rest of time. Wait, didn't our dad go with you to Horror? He did, but he left. Oh. Partway through. <laughs> oh. So I consider that to be by myself because he left. Yeah. Just so that I could actually have the experience of like, you know, hopping in the pit by myself. I think that he really wanted me to like, you know, get into the scene the way that he did when he was a teenager. Wait, and then like, you said like, you know, you've been seeing live music since you're really young. I grew up with you and I have no memory of that. So tell me more about that. Well, I made mom take us, take me to see the mountain goats. Um, I know, wow. I literally made me take, I literally made her take me to see the mountain goats when I was 12. Um, I don't remember where they were playing. I think it was Palace Theater because it was in downtown and it was really close to my school. So I made, I made her take me to see the mountain goats. Nine-year-old me would have loved to see the mountain goats. I don't know if you would have. I think you would have gotten overstimulated from no, that. You, you played like one of their songs for me in the car one time, and then like I listened to that like entire album, and like the album that this year is on, that one, and also the one that No Children is on. Um, favorite. Next time we're next time they come to like Ohio or something, pull up. Yeah. What do you say the music scene is like a welcoming place? I think it absolutely is. Um, I do think like the culture of the like different parts of it in the Twin Cities, like it depends on what type of music we're talking about. Cause you know, everybody refers to like the scene, but they mean whatever scene that they're actually in. Like if you talk to a hardcore guy and they're talking about the scene, they mean Twin Cities HXC. But if you talk to like someone who's going to like, you know, indie shows like seeing Virginia's Basement and Barnacle and they talk about the scene, they're talking about the indie scene. I mean like, um, 
What do you say that like someone isn't being like punk or whatever if they also like, how do you like balance getting into kind of like other styles of music as well? Yeah. I've only seen that idea honestly parroted by people who are super online and not actually participating in their IRL music scene. I think that like, especially with like TikTok and Instagram, I've seen a real division between the people who are like online discoursing about music and the people who are actually involved in their local scene and talking to older punks and yeah. goths yeah. and stuff because truly those people do not care. Yeah. So kind of wrapping this up, um, where can we find you? Like okay. on the street or like you can, in our home? You can find me on the street. Dox you yourself. can <laughs> find me in sewers. You can find me in graveyards. You can find me tonight at Cadence Records. I'm gonna be there seeing Her Love Beheads Daisies and Valeska Surratt and two other bands that I don't remember, no shade to them, because I'm sure they're gonna be really good too. But pull up to the show if you're in the area, it's gonna be super duper good. You can probably find me at Pillar Forum Cafe. I'm there like every other week. Um, and I'm also on Instagram at Wayside Shrine with a Z at the end. In this part of the interview, I speak with KT Branscum, a member of Vile, and in this interview, we talk about capitalism and the venues that they play and why they play the venues. Please enjoy. My name is Katie Branscombe. Uh, I use they, them pronouns, and I am in the band Vile here in Minneapolis. As a quick icebreaker, who's your favorite music artist or like in recent kind of past couple of weeks? That's tough. Okay. Um, in general, my favorite artist is Sydney Gish. Um, she's like a kind of folk indie um, artist who I really have enjoyed the past few years. The past couple of weeks though, I've been really into the band Woos. Yeah, what was like, I mean, the like process with like starting Vile? So um, me and my bandmate Taylor knew each other from this after school music program. Uh, we kind of grew up there together and so we've been friends for a long time. But uh, she texts me one day and goes, hey, you want to start a band? I said, absolutely, 100%. That is my dream. Um, please. So we started the band um, and we found our drummer, Katie, on Tinder, actually. So, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about like your music journey? My dad was a musician when he was younger. And so he kind of raised me on things like the Beatles and then a bunch of like 90s grunge, so like Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, um, Pearl Jam, all of those great bands from the 90s. And so that's kind of where my love for music really stemmed from. So 
Can you like tell me about a little bit of the different like controversies in the Minneapolis music scene? So um, I won't name any names, but there have been a few people who have in our band's experience just talked down to us, put us as the opener when we've had more listeners or followers than other like male dominated bands. Um, they have been really mean. They've there's a good amount of uh, trigger warning abusers in the scene, and um, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, can you like tell me a little bit about how you think, like, I mean, with bigger bands specifically, like capitalism kind of plays a role in the kind of like commercialization of music, kind of like how as soon as Nirvana became popular, there were like, we have like Target Nirvana sweatshirts now. And also like, you know, the Pink Floyd t-shirts, like the kind of like, I'm thinking of Target right now, but like, yeah, like all of that kind of. Uh, well, I mean, capitalism plays a role in everything, right? Um, specifically in the music scene, like, with us, we've had a lot of experience talking to kind of like the big fish in the industry. So uh, people who work at record labels, big record labels, people that um, are managers um, to different huge bands and all of these things. And truly they, like any uh, large business owner, it's profits over people. So um, they are not looking out for musicians best in, like, uh, like, they're not looking out for musicians. They're looking out for their uh, money, their, what benefits them. And it's really, really hard to like, become a successful musician without kind of, um, without, uh, falling into the capitalism consumerism stuff that um, they've kind of laid as the groundwork of becoming a successful musician. Um, it is no longer a death sentence in the music industry to be a self-published artist, to be um, an artist who doesn't work with uh, corporate overlords. Um, so things are becoming better, but we still have a long way to go. Are you kind of like afraid of being like commercialized in that way as like an artist or like, yeah. I mean, how would you feel if like that happened to you? Like you really like blew up overnight, like all of that kind of like. Well, I mean, there's good and there's bad to that. There's, I'd say the good things for that is you get more fans, more followers, you have you can make it into a full-time job. Um, you don't have to work in an office as like your main job and just do music on the side. You could just do music as your full-time job and that would be great. However, it would come with a lot of um, consequences of like, we probably would at that point be forced to work with like some really big corporate overlords. Um, not that we would want to, but it would be, we'd kind of be backed into a corner, I think. And um, 
not something that we really want. Like we are perfectly happy being kind of like a mid-sized band who like can go on tour and make a living, but we, you know, could still have part-time jobs on the side to like hold us over. We're we're not really looking for that huge fame sort of stuff because it does uh, end up with some pretty nasty consequences. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like the process of like playing a show? Like our venue is kind of like asking you to like, hey, can you like play this or like, I mean, like, how do you like book it? Like any sort of like thing like that. Yeah, um, we actually signed on with a booking agent at the tail end of last year and he has taken over kind of the booking stuff for us and we still have a say in everything, obviously. Um, But that's been really helpful. So he kind of takes, takes charge in that sort of sense. But what will happen is um, either Brandon, our booking agent, will reach out to venues or venues or other bands will reach out to Brandon. If you sign on to the show, if you say yes, then you need to send what's called a stage plot. And that has like um, how many microphones you'll need, what kind of backline you will need. So like drums or a bass amp or anything. And if the venue can provide it for us. yeah, that's kind of the process of the behind the scenes of booking a show. Um, kind of like on that same topic. I mean, you don't have to like say names of venues, obviously, because no burning bridges here. Um, but can you tell me about like kind of the best show that you've played like venue wise as opposed to like the kind of like not so great shows that you've played venue wise? Um, what comes to mind right away for not so great <laughs> is this venue in New York City that we played on our one of our previous tours and it wasn't the venue's fault. The sound guy was just a complete meanie. He was just rude and he yelled at my bandmate Taylor once and that just wasn't cool. He was late uh, to the venue. We got to uh, the venue before him and so we had to wait like an hour and 20 minutes for him to kind of set up the whole thing and it was just kind of uh it wasn't it wasn't great um the show that night the fans though were like made it worth it they were singing along and um going crazy having a mosh pit it was very fun other than that one guy um for good things we really enjoy playing at um First Avenue and First Avenue adjacent venues, like 7th Street Entry, The Fine Line, um, Turf Club, all of these places. Um, They really pay attention and they they really try to like personalize the experience and kind of, they're just really accommodating and really kind. Um, So where can we find you? You can find Vile on Instagram, TikTok, um, Threads, uh, Facebook, all of these things. On Instagram, we are Vile Band Official. Vile spelt V-I-A-L. Um, on other things, we are just Vile Band. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. Please listen on Spotify. Um, Apple Music, Title, not Amazon. You can find me at K 
Kyoto Lab on Instagram and also with the same handle on every other social media platform. Thank you for listening to Youth Soup. Hello everyone, my name is Ben and I will be the host for this segment of this episode. This is Listen Up Youth Radio Youth Soup. Today I will be talking about the effect of media consumption on mental health, mainly from social media, how everything started and what's happening now in 2023. But first, let's welcome our guest, Gloria. Hello, my name's Gloria. I am a producer for Listen Up. You've probably heard me on previous seasons and episodes, and I'm very excited to be a guest for our best episode. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Yeah, thank you. So without further ado, we're going to get started. First question, what social media do you use the most? How does it affect your mental health? Yeah, social media that I use the most is probably Instagram. I mean, I'm on Instagram a lot. I just like posting, whether it's like for recreational purposes or like reposting like social activism or just like funny content like reels i'll see that like resonates with me i don't know how how it affects my mental health i mean it depends on like how long i'm on social media i mean i feel like since i'm not like i don't really pay attention to like other content that like makes me like question my confidence or like my worth or whatnot but when I'm on social media a lot like I just feel kind of like drained because I mean scrolling for like countless hours is kind of like exhausting even if like I see content that like is funny or like I like because I'm literally just like lying around on my phone just like doing nothing and so it just kind of like makes my mind dull, if that makes sense. But I try to like limit my time on social media, but like doing other things that is important to me, like whether it's like applying for colleges or like being on YouTube or whatnot, um, because I like watching videos. And so, um, yeah, the mental health in terms of being on social media, it's, it's very real, I would say. Yeah, I agree with you that after countless of scrolling, you get exhausted. When I'm on social media, I don't usually create content, but viewing other people's content. Yeah. I mean, like for me, sometimes when I view other people's content, um, sometimes I tend to like compare my content to other people like when I post something and like it may not get like as much likes as like other people's like that kind of like brings my social sting down at first and I would like I don't know I would feel kind of like bad about it like it also applies with like the following account and whatnot but then like i one thing that i did was to like hide the likes count on my posts and other people's posts so that i don't like 
so not only do I not see that, but like I'm not like constantly comparing myself to other people because my worth doesn't equate to how many likes I get or how many followers I have. And I just like I just stopped like worrying about that because social media it should just be to like post and to see what you're up to and what everyone's up to and for other people to see what you're up to not necessarily like how many likes you get or whatnot because everyone's different and so it took me a while to like learn that so i don't really care about how many likes i get like you said that like other people may have different following whether it's more or less like everybody's different but like i do think that what you said about the hiding likes come i think that's like a really good feature i definitely can see how it can reduce someone's mental health issue next question back what you said in the first question you said that after countless of scrolling you get exhausted by that but have you have any experience when your mood is down because of it yeah, I have. So, um, and this was like back at the time where like I cared about like followers or whatnot. Um, so when I when I started taking like social media like seriously, like in terms of like trying to like grow my following or whatever, like I would like compare my following to like my other friends or like other people I follow, and it's just like, how do I make my following? bigger and so I would this is kind of like embarrassing but like I would like I don't know I would like follow accounts that would be like oh follow like these amount of people and then like we'll dm you followers or whatever the case may be I don't freaking know that was like a long time ago I was dumb naive I don't do anymore okay just to clarify I don't do that anymore because I don't care anymore but um yeah, during the time of doing that, I felt like, I don't know, I felt like, it's kind of hard to explain, but I just, my mood definitely was down. And I think it was because, like, being on social media a lot at that time had a huge impact in my mood. And so... I stopped being on social media for a while in terms of like caring about what, how many followers I have or any other people. Um, I started focusing on, you know, other things outside of social media, like sports, like reading, doing other things like homework and whatnot. And I was just reposting like social activism and like funny memes on my story because that's like the only thing that like made me happy on social media. And like my other friends and their posts and whatnot that made me happy. And so over time, I just like stopped caring. And over time, I mean, before I knew it, like I was already like, I was getting like, more followers and more followers and like I had a goal um if I get this amount of followers you know I would you know follow like everyone that I want to follow and so I reached that amount and so I ended up executing my plan and it was good so yeah yeah to be honest that uh, like back then when I um, social media that I kind of developed that like, fear of missing out I think that's kind of what really like 
the platform like they engage you in it's all about like self-control yeah but i'm way better now a lot of the content that i see on social media not gonna lie they're kind of boring like after a few scrolling i get out of that yeah. yeah i mean um and there was a time like i was off social media for like a little over a year and that was mainly because like i didn't have like a phone but i had social media and so at the time when i didn't have a phone i was really really down because i couldn't like and see what people were up to you know i wasn't like connected so i also felt down when i was off social media as well so when i did get a phone a new phone and i got back my social media i was on there like a lot and that's kind of how my obsession with like social media kind of like spiraled out of control and that's where like the caring about the likes and the following came into place and it was like during covid time because like everyone's on social media but yeah i definitely see where you're coming from yeah i'm glad we can relate yeah how do you figure out when you need to take a break from social media so i think it's like the physical like the physical signs like if i get like a headache or like a migraine from like scrolling too much or like I just I'm just like aching like because like I've been in like the same position for like hours or like just scrolling that's when like okay I need to take a break I need to go get something to eat or whatever um or like I just and also like I just try to like do things that like keep my mind off it like doing schoolwork or like talking to friends or like going out on an errand or whatever I mean, yeah, it's just, like, building those, like, healthy habits away from social media, it, like, definitely helps me a lot. Yeah. But, like, what do you do? Like, what I said that I found now the social media kind of boring. Yeah. So, after a few scrolling, I kind of started to get bored of. Yeah. That's kind of, like, when I take a break from social media. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have like different like aspects and opinions on like what they think on social media and whatnot and like they have like different ways on like how to like handle that so yeah i can see that last question i have for you is that what do you think about social media platform works on a better way to better mental health among the younger generation like you said that like the likes feature mm-hmm. are really helpful for you. But what about other features that you want to mention that they already done and what feature that you wish they implement? Well, I mean, I feel like in some ways, social media is like doing a good job in terms of like putting out like warnings on like, oh, like this post may be offensive or inaccurate. Or, like, if something, like, very controversial is going on, like, the Roe v. Wade, there will be, like, a lot of, like, organizations and, like, posts on social media who would, like, post things like, hey, if this news is, like, making you feel bad or upset, um, 
you know, these are ways to, you know, take our mind off social media and the news. I know um, there's this, like, Instagram organization account or something called Impact. Um, I follow them, and they post a lot about, like, social activism and a lot of, like, current news and events that are happening, not just, like, on mainstream media, but, like, also, like, but, like what's going on around the world, basically. And so... Um, I, like, listen to their advice and stuff like that. But also, I feel like social media could, like, do a better job in terms of, like, security-wise. Like, making sure, like, one's account is, like, secured and, like, just, like, blocking, like, harmful, like, people or, like, accounts that can, like, get to you and whatnot. I feel like they don't really have, like, the best security. So, I feel like if they could, like, implement that more, that would be great and like yeah that's just that's just what i think basically like personally yeah i like your answer and i think that that social media especially instagram mm-hmm. that they have been implementing a lot of safety features for people like us like our age and i don't know if this feature's already been on there but like take a break or yeah. like um or the dm that you could set a downtime yeah, I mean, I have the take a break feature. Like, I have, like, a take a break, like, for, like, every, like, I think 30 minutes or two hours. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll ignore it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah, I do set those break reminders because they are important. Yeah, I feel like they are, they do a good job in terms of, like, that. Like, just taking a break and whatnot. Yeah, and also when you talk about seeing like harmful content, I do see that Instagram also have like a setting that where you can filter out like sensitive content. Yeah. Stuff like that. And in terms of something that I wish they implement or improve upon will be that where how many posts you could see in a day as at least for the suggested content because like what we on social media is to connect with people that you know as well as other people and yeah so like not like twitter where they where they limit everything after a certain count i mean that could be implemented on instagram like an extreme but like for someone that just wants to have a little bit more limitation that i think that social media could implement that those are just my idea yeah i agree Thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Ben. This is Gloria. From YouTube at Listen Up Youth Radio. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of YouthSoup on a live podcast app now available on iOS and coming soon to Android. This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council. Thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.